0: Thank you very much. Welcome, everybody. Nice to have you along for episode 62 of The Boys of Tech for Monday, 19 April, 2010. My name is Edwin Herman, and as always on this show, my co-host Brett King joins me over Skype. Welcome along, Brett. Howdy. Well, Brett, I guess this week we'll go straight into the stories, uh, because, you know, Microsoft has done something a little different. They're making a a social-oriented phone. They are two
1: social-oriented phones, in fact. Two of them? Yes. The Kiln 1 and the Kiln 2.
0: Now, as I understand it, these phones offer features to basically share information over existing social networking services.
1: Yes. uh, They allow you to easily upload whatever you've created or done onto your Twitter or Facebook or other social networking sites all through them. They've been designed as kind of, they're a feature phone. They're a phone with specific features. They're not a smartphone. They don't have the ability to download extra apps and do all of the other fancy stuff you can do with your iPhone and all that sort of thing. And they're not your standard Just everyday kind of phone. They're very much marketed at the uh, younger audience.
0: Now, I understand that they've got an interesting user interface as well, where you basically drag, uh, what is it? You drag an item to a spot on the phone and then you drag your contacts onto that spot. And that's how you share the the item with, with people in your network. Is that right? Yep. Analysts have kind of given a mixed message as to whether, whether this is going to be a, a success. Some say that it will, and this is what's, what's needed because, you know, this is where things are at. Young people are sharing stuff. But then others say, well, they're not convinced that there really is much of a space left for, you know, what, what are called feature phones.
1: Indeed, because you can do basically everything this phone can do on a smartphone. It's just been kitted out to do its particular brand of features as best as it can do.
0: Do you think this would so, be a price point thing? It could be that they're not going to charge the same as they would for a I smartphone. I would say so.
1: I would say there will be definitely a lower price point for these particular phones, these particular devices, than for a fully featured smartphone. But we're not talking about, you know, a skimping on this particular device, these devices. They're coming with a pretty good amount of uh, memory in each of the phones, depending on whether you get a KIN 1 or a KIN 2. It's, I think, what, 2 gigs and 4 gigs? Mm, can't remember exactly, but I think it's that. Uh, They both come with a high-resolution camera, not your standard crappy resolution camera you get on your generic phones these days, good high-resolution one and direct access, a fold-out QWERTY-style keyboard, which a lot of people like. So they've really worked to fit them into the space of what they wanted to create, which was this social networking access point.
0: It does make you wonder, though, why they don't just go for the, for the smartphone end of, of the market. But then I may, maybe it's the fact that that end of the market's well-serviced. I mean, we've got the iPhone, we've got uh, RIM with their BlackBerry devices, and there are others in that space as well. Maybe they've decided, well, you know, they can have that space. Mm. It's hard to know what they're thinking. It is. It's hard
1: to know exactly where, this, uh, where these phones will fall in the graph of you know, profitability, saleability of devices until it actually gets out there and people start buying it. We'll see whether or not the market that it's aimed for picks it up and
0: goes with it. I mean, if we're talking, what, uh, maybe high school kids? Yep, high school kids, early university, university style yeah. See, that would be attractive if it had a good price, because then you could do the kinds of things that you can do on a smartphone. Obviously, not everything, but you can do mm-hmm. the, the the well, the social networking side of things, yep. uh, and, and not have to fork out a, a huge amount that you, that you would otherwise for something like an iPhone. So yeah, maybe, maybe this, they're onto something. Indeed. Certainly not something I'd get. What about you? No, no. We're too old. Indeed. (laughs) Definitely
1: not not cool enough to have one of these phones.
0: Well, in fact, when we were at university, (laughs) I don't think there were social networks.
1: No. We had IRC, and that was cutting edge.
0: Well, actually, that's right. We did have IRC. Yeah, (laughs) In fact, didn't we run our own servers for a while? Yes, we did. There was, I think, three servers in New Zealand, I think. One in... No. How did it work? There was one in Christchurch, one in Wellington one in Auckland. Was it Auckland, was it? Yeah. That was our little network. Mm Mm-hmm. That was fun. It was a good experience. It was a good learning learning thing. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, these days, people don't get to learn like that anymore, you know, about the internet protocols and the way the networks and all no, this stuff?
1: No, no. Everything's instant gratification. I want to download an app that does it for me.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had to configure these things, didn't we? We had to... You had, configure you had to, them or we'll build them ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what we are
1: doing right now is that old man, in my day, I had to walk uphill in the snow in bare feet. <laughs> chat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are having that chat. We should move on.
1: <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> It'll Alrighty. be interesting to see how this phone does, but it's not a phone for you or
0: me. No, I agree. Definitely not. Now, eBay was forced to pay over, what is it, 16,000 euros in a recent case. What happened was someone was selling some gold bars, apparently. Alarm bell should be ringing at this point. They are selling some gold bars, or so, so they claimed, on eBay, and the gold bars never turned up, and the court fined eBay 16,000 euros because they say that eBay knew that the seller was dodgy and they just basically turned a blind eye.
1: Indeed. it's uh, The seller themselves has gone bankrupt. They've been indicted. They've got a police record for fraud uh, in Germany where they were based. And all of this stuff was known to eBay beforehand, but eBay still had that seller as, what do they call it? A power a seller. A power seller, yeah. which you know, is a mark of, supposed to be a mark of trust that eBay <laughs> trusts this particular seller and so you should be able to trust them. Well, good on the courts for you know, giving eBay a telling off and making them pay for this because this is eBay supposedly having a system for indicating a trustworthy vendor, knowing that that vendor is not actually trustworthy and yet not removing that marking or not um removing that seller or restricting that seller's activities
0: the thing i don't understand though is that if they really did know what's the advantage of doing nothing and keeping them as a power seller and all that
1: i think it's more of not a case of letting them remain it i think it's more of a case of them just not actually doing anything about it
0: Oh, so being a bit lax.
1: Yeah, being lax. Right. I right think this is more a case of eBay being lax than a case of eBay being in somehow, you know, involved with the company in question and hence allowing them to remain as a power seller.
0: So this is a good ruling because it, it, I mean transactions on the internet always sort of make you really think twice, especially when you're dealing with private sales, you know, person to person via something like eBay. You kind of wonder, you don't know who's at the other end, you don't know what country they're in. And nowadays, judging by this story, you can't even rule on them being marked as a power seller to be reliable
1: indeed this is uh, this is a case of eBay hurting their own brand by being lax in the updating of their power seller lists. that's um, who gets to be a power seller. This is a good wake-up call for people who are using these sorts of services to really do a little bit of background check first, read those comments, don't just trust that you know they've got a power seller label on them so eBay says they're okay. Actually do a bit of research. Read the comments that people are saying about them and see whether or not that is a person you really want to deal with.
0: Unfortunately, you you can never really protect yourself 100%.
1: You can never really protect yourself 100%. That
0: is true. But at least, as you say, there are steps you can take.
1: Mm. Make sure you're using a credit card that's got a good understanding in the background of if something fraudulently happens over the, in an online transaction, you're going to be covered as the cardholder.
0: Yeah, if you can find a card like that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, now there's another interesting story that I, I spotted uh, about a Japanese newspaper pretty much stating or asserting that you may not link to stories on their site without their permission.
1: Mmm. How are they going to enforce that? That's going to be interesting. Exactly. How are they that's going to enforce to be, that? Yeah, that's going to be a lot of lawsuits or a lot of cease and desist notices. <laughs> Somebody's going to be making some money <laughs> enforcing this particular company's, this particular, what is it, newspaper, magazine or something?
0: Uh, newspaper, newspaper, I think. Yeah. I yeah mean, I, newspapers, look,
1: uh, um, you know, <laughs> new hard line.
0: I mean, I'm no lawyer, but I really question how enforceable it is. It's a link, man. It's a link.
1: Indeed. It's a link to something that is available on the internet and obviously freely available on the internet. It's not behind a password. It's not behind a login screen. It's not behind a paywall or anything like that. Exactly. It's obviously freely available on the internet and they're just wanting to have some sort of control over, what was the term? Oh, deep linking. I think that's what it is. Yeah, deep
0: linking where you link yeah. basically to a, 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 you know something you can't get to from the front page easily. You have to kind of go through a few, few yeah. things. A direct link. Hmm. But, I mean, the thing is, there are other techniques they can, do, they can use. They can use a technological solution that will work in most cases, uh, you know, like checking the HTTP referrer in the transaction, and if it doesn't come from their site, then reject it. I mean...
1: Indeed, which would be a much easier way to do it. Exactly. I
0: mean, it's, <laughs> it won't filter everything, because some people have the you know, HTTP referrers uh, set to either a fake value or, or no value. Mm. But, you know, I mean, what but are they, what what are they thinking? What
1: they're wanting to do here is they're not saying... You cannot link. They're just saying that you have to ask us for permission before you can or cannot link.
0: Oh, that's true, yeah.
1: doing it with that technological way of making sure nobody can link other than the home site is going to get rid of that part where they can allow certain people to link. I wonder what their criteria is.
0: Well, maybe we should try. We should drop them an email and say, hey, can we link to a story? Mm. Do a little test. Maybe we should all do that. Okay, that's what we should do. Get our listeners out there to email e... In fact, it tells you here in the story where, who you should email. e-media at com. In fact, it also says exactly
1: the things that they want to know from you. They want to know what your website is about, what your URL is, what are your aims for the link, and your name and contact details. Uh, that doesn't seem too bad. No, true, true. It's It's generally, you know, it's generally accepted, or it was generally accepted web etiquette for when you're creating a website and linking to something else within somebody else's website that you contacted the person and said, hey, can I link to this?
0: But do you really think people need to? I mean, I, I, to me, that's just the, something that's inherent in the, in the web fabric. That's what the web is about. If it's
1: something that you didn't want linked, you should have some other way of protecting yourself from having it linked.
0: And Well, the other thing is you know, a link is simply information about an address at which you can reach something. The link <coughs> itself lives on the origin site. So if I link to, <coughs> I don't know, this, this Nikkei uh, newspaper site from my site, say from com, then the link exists on com. Sure, it <coughs> points to Nikkei.com, but it, it lives on, on, on our site. To me, yeah. it's, it's just inherited in the fabric. It's no different to, 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 to writing down the URL http: nikkei.com/slash path slash page.html. I mean, uh, I I don't know. I just, I think it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. But I can see where they're coming from. They want to be able to control the way people look at and read the different stuff that that they are producing. And they're not wanting any of their, you know, if you've got a three-page article and somebody links directly to page two, if the person who's reading it follows the link and then gets to page two and reads page two. Perhaps there was something on page one which framed whatever was written on page two and you'd miss out on something. So I can see some of the reasons why they'd be trying to do this sort of thing. It's why a lot of people use those, you know, PHP scripts, which uh, push you to different pages from a website. And if you try to go directly to a generated URL from that by linking outside, uh, you End up on the front page again because it won't let you go directly through, and it is to control that way of the the way people are accessing the information and the, and what kind of paths they're following through. So I can see why they're doing it, but yeah, it's obviously new to this sort of way of doing things now, and it being a newspaper, it makes it quite
0: newsworthy. You know, I, there was a practice in the in the late nineties where people would frame. Other people's content. So you would have a, a web page with frames and you'd have a link to, say, I don't know, a new site oh, or a indeed. new story. You, and you, you embed you it.
1: You somebody else's frame and Im- yeah, embed it in yours. a frame yeah. of your own. Yeah, and it kind of. <laughs> yes, that's oh, very not good. That although, is although you're very not. Yeah. Bad, it, bad web etiquette there.
0: It is very bad. <laughs> the thing is, the person doing it isn't trying to pass off the information as, as theirs. I'm not trying to do that. But it looks like that because it's it's got all their branding around it. So that's not mm. good. But I, th- this is the thing. I mean, just a, a plain old vanilla hyperlink to me. I don't know. And I'd, I'd like to see how testable this is in court because I I mean, I'm no lawyer. In fact, it'd be nice if we had a lawyer on the show that, who could who we could talk to about this because I, I very much doubt that there's a lot they can do about it. Mm. But I could be wrong. I have been wrong once in the past. <laughs> Only the once? All right, Twice. all right google apparently is going to change the way they rank sites just a little and it's going to now depend on the speed of the site so in other words sites that are slow to respond will basically be ranked lower than than fast sites Ooh, interesting i think i know why they're doing this it's simply because slow sites people turn away from them they don't want to they don't want to be there and also you could argue that the more reputable sites do tend to run on, on fast systems so it's kind of it kind of makes sense to me. Mm, kind of.
1: Kind of. I can see situations where, you know, the more reputable information about something would be hosted on a slower site or, you know, a possibly a cheaper site than other things that talk about it.
0: The thing is, according to Google, it's only going to affect a very small number of sites. So I really do think what they're doing is simply looking at the ones that are really slow and unresponsive and just either well overloaded or, or simply poorly maintained mm-hmm. and just kind of ranking those down a little. I mean, they do, like I say, they, they, do, they have claimed that it's a very, very small percentage, less than 1% apparently, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that are going to be affected by this. We'll see how it works.
1: Because I wonder how that would be affected by, you know, situations which you don't see quite as much nowadays, but you did see a lot in the past. And you still do for some interesting uh, side bits of the, the phenomenon of slash dotting, where something is mentioned on a really popular blog or news site. And so everybody goes to the website that is linked off of that, and then crashes that server. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how that would affect that particular, you know, that particular pages or that particular site's rankings on Google when they suddenly slowed down for a day or two while people were constantly hammering that machine because they had been linked off of a very popular website.
0: Well, I'm am sure the algorithm will be Slash.Proof. proof well, I mean, what a, by, by that, I mean, well, uh, they so. probably, ta- probably take an average over, over some time. I'm sure they would. But hmm. it's, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I can kind of understand this. And, you know, it is frustrating when you find stuff on a really, really slow site. You just want to move on. And in fact, Google have said that pe- people, w- when they search for information, the visitors basically discriminate against slow web pages. They, they don't like them. They don't go there. They close. The, 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 yeah. The, yeah.
1: Slow and ugly. Slow and ugly web pages.
0: Yeah, ugly is the other one. I don't quite know if you can quantify ugly, but if you could, they could add that into the algorithm. The uglier the page, the, the lower the ranking. How would that be? Indeed. Actually, well, I think, I think, anything, I think to-
1: anything which has a, you know, an author a meta author field that says it was generated using front page yeah. should also be downranked. Yeah, I'm
0: with you on that. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> definitely. You can't be bothered to write your web page using a proper tool. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. By hand then.
0: Either that or word tags If it spots any word tags in there. That's that's out. Oh,
1: definitely, yes.
0: <laughs> But look, you know, that idea could actually be an incentive for people to, to make better web pages, On the whole, standard of the web may well increase. Could do. Could do. But they'd first have to quantify ugliness. Yeah.
1: But then not all, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And just because you and I find it ugly doesn't mean that the rest of the world finds it ugly.
0: Well, that is also true.
1: And maybe, like it maybe could there be, are, you know, a horrible montage of yellows and puces and somebody might really like that
0: <laughs> I can't imagine why <laughs>
1: but yes I know I mean, maybe I take just your keeping point. it based on the, the content and the speed of delivery
0: well look I take it maybe they'd be colourblind no but I take, I take your point it's, uh, it, 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 maybe therein lies the problem
1: mm. but anyway uh, ranking it by content and yes speed. speed of delivery
0: speed of delivery yeah cool glad we sorted that one out
1: indeed the content should always have the highest ranking.
0: Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> Go- well, yeah, Google have been quite good in that space. They've, they've, yeah, yeah. They've generally <laughs> done quite well there. Now, Jake Briggs from, in fact, Wellington right here in New Zealand, uh, where this show is recorded, uh, managed to catch a burglar on his webcam, which is rather interesting. And uh, it's been in, in the news and everything. And I'll tell you what, we've got a little surprise. He is going to be joining us next week on the show. And we'll talk to him about that. Uh, next week Excellent So something to look forward to Brett look You know That is pretty much Our international story done and dusted It's been a very slow week It has There we go And hence a, a shorter show But I will tell you what There is one New Zealand story To cover And we'll do that After the break Don't go away <laughs> Alright welcome back Now, remember a while ago uh, on this show, uh, we reported that Zilm TV was coming. It was New Zealand's first uh, internet TV channel, or mm, not just channel, station uh, with a collection of channels. And Telstra Clare have now announced that they are zero rating it you know, we talked about the, the, you know, I think one of the comments we said back then was that great idea, but hey, it's not going to work unless ISP zero rated, because who wants to pay for extra bandwidth? I mean, you know, we have ridiculously low caps here in New Zealand as, as it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, but now this is great news. Telstra Clare have said it's zero rated.
1: Yes, that's brilliant. Have you tried was- it? I was browsing it just before. They've got some really interesting stuff on there. I was checking out the the Odian channel, which is all really old fifties and sixties black and white movies and and documentaries and hilarity. <laughs> Looking at old documentaries and. Is just bizarre.
0: <laughs> well actually, you know, there's there you're right, there is some really cool stuff on the I one one of the channels that I used to watch when it was on, on regular broadcast TV, on Triangle TV, was uh TV5 monde or otherwise I guess pronounced by English speakers as TV five monde Asia. So anyway, it's uh, what it is, is the French uh, TV station. It's actually the second largest channel in the world. It's, uh, it's a French TV station that, that basically goes out to the Asian region of, of the world. And I guess New Zealand gets counted in on that. And it was on, on Triangle TV, as I say, until that folded. Uh, the, well, at least the Wellington one did. Auckland's still going. Uh, so I'm really rapt that it's on this film. I've been watching it. It's great. It is. What's funny, though, is that Telstra Clare... Say In their marketing thing, they say, uh, a streaming channel can use over 350 megabytes of data per hour depending on the quality of the stream, so why not let TelstraClear pick up the tab? Oh, look, there is no tab, TelstraClear. I did a trace route, and basically they pair with the Auckland Peering Exchange, which is exactly where Ziln pair as well, so there's actually zero cost between TelstraClear and Ziln.
1: Indeed, which is why it works for zero rating it. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's still a good marketing strategy. Yeah, but pick up what
0: tab? What tab, Telstra? There is no tab. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there What's is bit- no
1: tab, but I'm glad I'm not having to pay for what would have been the tab on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's all marketing. Yep. All right. Well, Britt, that's it. With, at least you want to talk about Zillner a little bit more.
1: Uh, no, other than, uh, if you're out there, you're on TelstraClear, check it out.
0: Yes, we should encourage people on Telstra Clear to, uh, to check it out. It's definitely worth it. Ziln.co.nz. That's Z-I-L-N.co.nz. Check it out. All right, Brett, uh, let's wrap this up. Episode 62 is in the can. want to thank you for co-hosting the show with me, Brett. It's been, it's been a good show. It has. Nice and quick. Yeah. And don't forget to visit our website, boysoftech.com. Feel free to leave any messages there. If you want to send us a question, there's also a contact form. You can do that, and we'll provide an answer on the next show. Hope to hear from you. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.